Welcome back to part two of our interview with researcher and author Donna Esposito. You're in for a treat with some amazing stories you'll hardly believe as you continue to listen to the Nancy Drew of World War II. So you told us that you switched your career and now you're a historian, kind of like you said, Nancy Drew. So how did you start that process and of writing stories about fallen World War II heroes? Well, that kind of happened by accident. Um, I, as I had mentioned, I've always been interested in World War II. And one thing that stuck with me was a photograph that I saw back when I was about 15 years old. Um, it was in a, a book from published during the war, a big, we'd call it a coffee table book now, um, called Collier's Photographic History of World War II. And so a very large book, and there's one whole page that depicts a photograph that was very famous during the war. And I was captivated by this photo um, all those years ago. And it shows a wounded soldier receiving a blood plasma transfusion. And it was during the Sicilian campaign. It was in a, a town called Sant'Agata in Sicily. And there's a, a, a medic um, giving him this transfusion, but it's in the kind of an alley in front of the home. And in the doorway of the home, there is a group of um, two girls, a little girl and an older girl and their mother. And they're watching this scene before them. And it's a really amazing photograph. Um, it's one that was it's still today reproduced quite a bit. And so when I first saw this, the caption didn't include any names whatsoever, um, just, you know, soldier's life being saved by this blood plasma transfusion. Uh, so, you know, the years went by and I would see it, see it periodically in a book here and there, and there was never a name associated with it. And then all oh, about, um, about the time I'd started writing my book, I had also gotten a subscription to Ancestry.com and was doing some genealogy research on my own family, which I very quickly realized is not very interesting. And <laughs> but I had also was looking, I guess, as research for the book, was looking at some photos at the National Archives and uh, website and came across that photograph again. And this time there was a complete caption with the name of the soldier, the wounded man and the medic. Um, and I thought, wow, I'll, I'll look him up. You know, this was, oh, about 2008 or so. Um, and I thought, well, maybe he's still alive. You know, maybe I could get in touch with him. So I looked him up. So his name was Private Roy Willis Humphrey. He was from Toledo, Ohio. And I searched on Ancestry.com. And I was stunned to find out that he had been killed during World War II. But I figured it was after this, um, in a subsequent battle, because the, the caption of this photo always clearly said about the plasma saving his life. Well, that just um, kind of activated the, the, you know, Nancy Drew detective in me. And, and I, I had to know more about this story. You know, what happened to him? I knew his unit. He was in the 3rd Infantry uh, Division, and I knew they, they went on to... Um, to serve in some some pretty rough battles throughout uh, Italy as far and the invasion of southern France. 
So I was expecting to see that perhaps he had he died in 1944 or something like that. Well, it turns out he died the very next day after this photograph was taken. And that was just a shock to me because it, it just hadn't occurred to me that he hadn't lived. So I kept digging, doing more research and was able, thanks to Fold3 and Ancestry.com, newspapers.com, to find out a wealth of information about the photograph, about the, the soldier, Roy Willis Humphreys. And he was from Toledo. He was a, a welder before he enlisted. And he had an older brother and a younger sister. His brother was uh, two years older and was already in the army. And he, in fact, went to serve in the Pacific Theater and thankfully did come home. And so Roy was hoping to be a paratrooper, but got assigned to the infantry instead, um, 7th Infantry Regiment of the 3rd Division, went to North Africa, and his first battle was the invasion of Sicily. This uh, happened on August 9th, uh, was the date the photograph was taken, August 9th of 1943. And it was getting close to the end of the battle. The battle only lasted until the 17th and the, uh, the island was captured. It turns out that he, after being treated at this makeshift aid station, was taken to a hospital and he died there the next day as he was being operated on for the shrapnel that had wounded him. Even though in the photograph, he doesn't, he actually looks very peaceful, doesn't look terribly wounded. He did in fact have a serious spine injury and then, and unfortunately died during that operation. I found out a number of really fascinating things about this. First, the photograph itself was taken by a photographer, an Army Signal Corps photographer, Lieutenant John Stephen Weaver from West Virginia. He was there throughout the whole Sicilian campaign, taking his photos, sending the best ones in. Of course, he didn't really know what was going to happen with them. He was delighted when this photo was chosen to be published in newspapers across the country. This was a really big deal because up to that point, there was a censorship law in place that didn't show, didn't allow showing severely wounded Americans. When this photo then was in the newspaper at the beginning of September of 1943, it was really the first time that Americans were seeing a severely wounded American. You know, they could see um, ones that were, you know, smiling from their hospital beds and looked you know, were perfectly fine. But here was obviously an unconscious young man receiving medical treatment. But the caption of every photograph stressed how the blood plasma had saved his life. And this was wonderful because it caused a huge surge in blood donations across the country, which was a really big deal. At that point in the war, the, there was no way to, to store whole blood. And so they would dry down and use, use the plasma that they could reconstitute in on the battlefield. So to have Americans across the country coming forward to donate their blood was a huge, huge deal. And so this photograph alone was really responsible for a huge increase in in blood donations. And the photo became so well known that it was even nominated for the Pulitzer Prize that year. So a really impactful photo. The corpsman, I'll mention him in the photo, Private uh, First Class Harvey White, he never knew he was really famous in this photo, served out the rest of the war, thankfully survived, lived a very, very quiet life back in his hometown in Minnesota, very modest person. 
The soldier's family never found out that he was the one in this famous photo. They undoubtedly saw it. It was printed in their own hometown newspaper. They didn't recognize their, their son because of the, you know, the quality of the print and everything. There were a lot of people who wanted to know who was the, the man, the young man in that photo. And um, it took a while, of course, for things to, uh, communications to work back in those days. Well, eventually the army figured out who it was. They, of course, weren't going to go and announce, well, yes, it was, you know, Private Humphreys, but he died. They kind of kept it quiet. Other soldiers across the country came out and said, oh, yeah, that was me. And they kind of just let it let it go at that. So, you know, really kind of amazing and, and, and sad story. And his family actually never knew that he was the soldier until until also around the, the early 2000s when the National Archives published the photo on the website. And, you know, one of his nephews was Googling his uncle's name and this photo came up and, you know, they were astonished to find out that there was this, this photo of their uncle. I've been blessed to be uh, to become friends with his his nephew um, Neil Weiser, um, which so I was very happy to to be able to tell this to the story of Private Humphreys and to share it as a story of the fallen on Fold Three as part of this, the Stars Stories project. But the other piece that was missing was the Italian family in the background, and. Of course, there was there are no names of them in the photo, and it seemed kind of impossible. Well, but in 2018, it was going to be the 75th anniversary of the Sicilian campaign and this photo. And I started thinking about, wow, I'd really like to go there um, and see if I could find the spot where it was taken. Well, I used Google Street View to kind of walk around the town and see if I could find it. And I had no luck. You know, everything looked the same. And I, I never in a million years would have figured out where it was. But I sent off a couple emails to some local community organizations in the town. And lo and behold, I get back an email um, from one person, Andrea Sterniolo, saying, oh, my friend has been researching the same photo. He knows where it was taken and he knows the family. So that way I was able to connect with my uh, wonderful friend, um, Sicilian researcher, Chiro Artale, and he had uncovered the whole story of the Italian family but he didn't know the story of all the Americans in the photo. So together, we were able to put everything together. I was able to go um, in August of 2018 for the 75th anniversary. Um, Chiro had organized a, an event to commemorate the, the Sicilian campaign and, uh, and the photo specifically. We were able to go to the very spot and the two little girls who were in the photo, they're still alive. However, they've moved to the north of Italy, so they couldn't be there. But their two sisters were there, who were there the very same day. Just by chance, they didn't make it into the photo. And so um, if there's time, I could tell you just a little bit about the, the family in the photo, because it's another kind of um, poignant piece of the story. The house, um, the house belonged to... Uh, a family woman named uh, Tindra Kuzma, and she had six children, one son and five daughters. And her son, her oldest son, um, was drafted into the Italian army. 
and he thinks served in North Africa. Well, he became ill with some sort of um, probably um, tuberculosis or or some kind of lung ailment, and they they sent him home. They they didn't you know even try to care for him, so they sent him home, and he came home. Uh, to Sicily, and he died, unfortunately, at, from his from his illness um, the year before in 1942. And he was 21 when he died at, at home, at his mother's home. And so a year later, there's his mother witnessing this heartbreaking scene of a young man, this exact same age as her own son, there being this wounded man being being treated in the street right in front of her home. And I, the the expression on this this um, on her face, this mother's face, is just it's um, it's unbelievable. You know, there are no there are no words to do it justice, but you can see the, the just the sadness in her face. It's very very poignant. And and her her two daughters, um, the oldest one was fifteen, Maria Jamo, uh, and the little girl uh, Pina Jamo and uh, was just five. And they had two sisters in between their two ages, Rosa and Stella, who I had the extreme pleasure of meeting. And they had another, a little, uh, even younger daughter, Amelia. And so it was wonderful because the, um, there was quite a, quite a number of family members came there for that day for the 75th anniversary. And uh, I got to meet the little girl's son and grandson. So of course she's, uh, she's you know, an elderly woman now, but it was just an amazing experience and to be able to come together and learn the other side of the story. You know, as I said, when I look, kind of learned that sad story of, of Private Humphreys, I, I knew I had to write him into the book um, just to kind of give him a little bit of, a little bit more life. Uh, you know, since his life was cut so tragically short. So at least he gets to um, do a few things in the novel and, you know, go to some, go to a USO dance and uh, have some fun. And, and so it was really an honor for me to be able to share that with his family and, um, and have them, their family in the book as well. So, so it's just, it's been an amazing experience to learn these stories and uh, just wonderful to be able to share it. Well, I will um, attach a link to your fold three uh, story of private Humphreys and the picture is there. Yes. So people can see that in the description so they can see that, that photo. It's, it's so poignant. Like you said, it's so powerful. And that is just the coolest story ever that <laughs> totally are the Nancy Drew. You should create a new book series called the Nancy Drew of World War II and, and just <laughs> keep telling stories. Thank you for listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast. We come out with podcasts once a week with the new stories of fallen World War II heroes. And please check us out at storiesbehindthestars.org if you're interested in volunteering or donating to help us tell the stories of all the World War II fallen heroes. <laughs>